are listening to the Calvary Church Podcast, where each episode features a life-transforming message that was previously recorded in one of our services. And now, let's join a service that's already in progress. Tonight is our third and final lesson on a series that we've been doing called Relationships and the Cross. And it's been our goal and our hope to help you look into the Word of God for uh, His desires for our relationships with others. And we've tried to acknowledge the fact very humbly that relationships are complex, aren't they? And they require hard work sometimes. Amen. And so that's one of the reasons why we've come together. We're doing the hard work of looking at God's word and saying, Lord, tell me where I'm at. Show me what I need to do differently. And so last week I tried to teach on family, and we looked at three things that our family teaches us. Um, And those three things are roles, rules, and relationships. And these things are modeled for us within our family experience throughout our lives. And whether we like it or not, our families deeply influence who we are and how we approach our relationships. And so we ended last week by looking at four biblical principles um, that we have and know concerning our families. Number one, we are to love them. Sometimes that is the hardest part. We are to love them. We are to teach them. We are to care for them. We are to take care of them when we have that ability. And we are to disciple them. And so this week, we will look at the subject of friendship. So everybody, breathe a sigh of relief. We're not going to talk about families anymore. That is done. We tried. We're moving on. Okay? And so we're going to look at the subject of friendship and what it means to have a friend. And so I'm going to follow a similar format that I did um, last week in that we'll consider um, some scriptures together. And then we're going to look at four qualities of a true friend. But to help you get in a frame of mind and forget about what your Wednesday was like and the weather when you got here, I have put together something to help you think about friendship. I've made a compilation of songs about friendship. Feel free to sing along as you recognize them. I will. this one can't help but smile to think about Woody and Buzz right if you want to look at somebody and sing it to them you can do that just get comfortable here choked up at some point, I'm going to warn you right now. There's something about a harmonica that just gets me right here. Does anybody know this song? 
Oh, yeah, back in the day. And of course, I picked my favorite singer in the bunch to sing the chorus for you. Brother Stevie, God bless his heart. <laughs> yep, Holly's feeling it. I knew you would. <laughs> I'll get the rest of you with the next song. Oh, come on. It takes you right back, doesn't it? Just start crying. Every graduation, right? It's the graduation song for decades. Probably still is, I don't know. And this next one is for my mom. You have my permission to sing along. It's hard not to when JT singing. You can put your arm around somebody if it's appropriate. Sing it to them. There for you, buddy. That's right, Greg. Oh, yep, Terry's got it. There it is. Just go light your world, Terry. I love it. <laughs> All right, everybody. You just call out my name, and you know. Winter, spring, summer, or fall. And all you got to do is call. Yes. And I'll be there again. You've got a friend. Now, if that doesn't make you feel warm and fuzzy, you're dead inside. I had to warm you up to this idea of friendship because you probably haven't thought about it on a dreary Wednesday. But I think it's interesting to think about the fact that every type of art or human expression has attempted to convey the importance of friendship in our lives. Its necessity and our desire for it are undeniable. From songs like the ones that we just listened to here in the Holy Sanctuary, to movies, to sitcoms, and some of the most popular are centered around friendships, if you think about it, to books, we celebrate friendship in our culture. We acknowledge that everyone needs a friend, even superheroes. I mean, Batman had Robin. And even the all-knowing Sherlock Holmes required the friendship and involvement of dear Dr. Watson in all of his cases. Rough and tough cowboys like Doc Holliday and Wyatt Earp, there they are, 
became friends, history tells us, after Doc Holliday saved Wyatt's life because I'm your Huckleberry. That was for Anthony Henson, but he's not here. And there are friendships that are legendary, like Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn. Now, we have our very own Tom and Huck here at Calvary Church and Tom Ellis and Anthony Henson. That's what I call them when they get that far-off look in their eye and they're about to say, can we go fishing? It's Tom and Huck. So from celebrities to cartoon characters, everybody needs and wants a friend. And according to the book that we are using in this series, Real Relationships, only 7% of people say they don't have someone in their inner circle that they would consider their best friend. So that means 93% of us would say, yeah, I have a best friend. And so as believers, we understand that God cares about every part of our lives. He cares about every part of our lives. And his word is specific concerning his standards in our treatment of other people. There are just under 60 instructions in scripture concerning one another. There are actually 59. And I'll read a few of them just to review it in your mind. Be at peace with each other. Wash one another's feet. Love one another. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Live in harmony with one another. Stop passing judgment on one another. And of those 59 one another statements, a fourth of them, about 25% of those statements, simply state to love one another. I love this quote that I came across today by Andy Stanley talking about the church and what the scripture is talking about here. The primary activity of the church was one anothering one another. Isn't that clever? Clearly, God cares about relationships. He alone understands the potential for benefit and for harm that they have in our lives. And that is why so much of Scripture, specifically in the New Testament, gives guidelines to us for our conduct, our conversation, and our treatment of each other. Jesus made it abundantly clear through these direct statements. All of the law is fulfilled in this. Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. Now that is a high standard. You also are to love one another by this. By this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. From the very beginning, God himself recognized that it is not good for man to be alone. We know that people in the Bible had close friendships. In fact, Abraham was called the friend of God. And how about Jonathan and David? Who can forget Job and his three friends? (laughs) Dr. Luke makes mention of his friend, most excellent Theophilus, in the beginning of his gospel. And the apostles end their letters with greetings from friends to friends that they're writing to. Even Jesus had friendships. 
In John chapter 11, Lazarus was referred to Jesus as the one whom you love. And in John 15, verse 15, Jesus calls his followers, us, his friends. And so tonight, as we dig into this subject of friendship, we will look at our natural desire for it and what the Bible says about friendship specifically. And so I want to begin by offering you some interesting data from the book we're using, Real Relationships. Dr. Les and Leslie make this point in one of the chapters on the subject of friends that short of torture, society's worst punishment is solitary confinement. Now think about that. If we're honest tonight, most of us would rather be with a good friend than be alone. That's just human nature. Francis Bacon said this about friendship. It redoubleth joys and cutteth griefs in half. A friend can make both the good and the bad better. And isn't that true? Friendship strengthens us. It nurtures us. It helps us to grow as individuals. And science has proven the fact that friendship improves our health. Did you know that? Friendships can help us fight depression. It can boost our immune system. It can lower your cholesterol. It can increase the odds of um, surviving certain types of disease. And it keeps stress hormones in check. How about that? You need a night out with your friends. That is the prescription for what ails you. Now, this is really amazing. Research has shown that you can extend your life expectancy by having the right kinds of friends. Mind blown. So how do we know time and simplicity? I would like to consider three verses with you that give us God's perspective on the subject of friendship. First verse, Proverbs chapter 17, verse 17. A friend loveth at all times. And a brother is born for adversity. According to the writer here, a friend's love is to be constant. Not every connection or friendship that we've made in our lifetime stands the test of time or the storms that life has brought us. Some friendships are transitory. We meet people at different points in life's journey. And some friendships are meant for a season, and that's not always a bad thing. All of us in this room have friendships that were really important and central to our lives at one point that have kind of faded out in the last couple of decades or years. Our bond with some friends just lies in the past. Shared memories, common experiences, For example, I think it's safe to assume that nobody in here keeps constant constant contact with your best friend in kindergarten. Does anybody do that? I mean, if you do, that's amazing. But most of us know. I I don't even really remember the people in my class when I was in kindergarten. But um, our sweet Ava sobbed through the media presentation at her kindergarten graduation this past May. I mean, she cried so hard. I stopped crying because I was like, what is wrong with her? I mean, like, ugly cry. 
my six-year-old had a total emotional breakdown. And when I got to her and asked her what was wrong, she said, I don't want to leave my friends. I was like, wow, okay. I'm not going to tell her that she probably won't remember who they are in about 10 years. But um, that was a big deal. And even this summer, we, we shed a couple tears for some of our friends that we missed. So anyway, I would guess that some of the songs that, that we listened to earlier maybe brought back some memories of people you've lost touch with or you're just not that close to anymore for whatever reason. But according to this verse from the book of Wisdom, the book of Proverbs, to be a friend and have a friend requires commitment to the relationship. According to the good doctors who wrote Real Relationships, if we care, we commit. Just think about that for a second. They go on to say that the test of friendship is not solely found in the response of the other person to adversity in your life, but it's also tested through prosperity that we experience in our lives, sometimes more so through the good things that happen to us. Job's friends get a bad rap, but in chapter 2 of the book of Job, verses 11 through 13, we find that Job's friends come together for the purpose of trying to comfort Job in his hour of need. Now, they didn't do everything right, to be sure, but I think we can learn from their example in showing up in that moment of crisis. The Bible lets us know that they, they came, that they mourned with Job, and they spent time with him. Romans 12, verse 15 instructs us to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. We are not to just be there to offer support when things are bad, but we should be there to celebrate when things are good without envy. Amen. Moving along. Second verse, Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24 A man who has friends must himself be friendly, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Now, for right now, I want to just focus on the latter part of that verse, and we'll go back to the first half of it a little bit later. But up until Bible college, I I acknowledge the fact that I grew up in the church, um, and I had only heard that latter part of the verse taught one way. Um, And maybe you have that in common with me tonight, that Jesus is the friend that sticks closer than a brother. And amen, don't we all agree? We've experienced that kind of friendship from the Lord. But when I was at Indiana Bible College, my favorite teacher, Candace Barkas, really challenged my understanding of that verse. And she said, could it be that there is actually a person that is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother, that God could give you a friend, a person that is closer than family. And I remember sitting my, in my desk and just being stunned to think, wow, I mean, that's amazing. If that's true, I want one. I want a friend like that. And I prayed for a friend like that, and God answered my prayer. But Scripture proves that such a committed friendship is possible. Two examples I want to give to you quickly. Ruth was related to Naomi by marriage. But after her husband died, she remained with Naomi. 
She was willing to do for Naomi what no one else volunteered to do. Even after Ruth's family obligation was over, she remained with Naomi. The Bible tells us in 1 Samuel 18 verse 1, and I just love this. The soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. These are friends. These are not brothers. They are not natural relatives. Jonathan's commitment to David superseded his loyalty to his own father, King Saul. Now, we understand why that was. It was due to the fact that Saul was backslidden, and his state of mind was completely volatile. But in this story, we see God giving to David and Jonathan the love and support they did not find within their families through their friendship with one another. When our families fall short, God's family can step in. Have you ever experienced that? God's family can step in. Think of how important Jonathan's role was in preserving David's life and making sure that God's will was accomplished, getting David on the throne. Because the family of God can do the same thing for us. The family of God can step in when our natural relationships have failed us, when they don't believe in us, when they don't support us in our decisions pursuing the will of God. God's people can step in and say, I will support you. I will pray with you. I will stand with you. I will love you. Because there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And our third verse, Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17. Iron sharpeneth iron, and one man sharpens another. The Amplified puts it this way. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens and influences another through discussion. Here we see this idea of the impact one person can have on another person. Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 1.13, Follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Hebrews 10, 24 says, And let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works. Now let's go back to the first half of Proverbs 18, 24. We are told that if we want to have friends, we must show ourselves friendly. How many of you heard that reference before. I'm not going to belabor that point because I I think you've heard enough and you get it. But what I want to highlight tonight is that the Bible puts a sense of responsibility on us as individuals for the amount of friendships that we have, the quality of the relationships that we have. If we want to have friends, we have to have good friendships to model that. Dr. Les and Leslie give four qualities that we should strive towards in our friendships. The first one is loyalty. That is the quality of a true friend. The Bible says you love at all times. The second quality is forgiveness. The Bible gives us a high standard for forgiveness, that we are to forgive as he has forgiven us. And that's really hard in the context of friendship, isn't it? Honesty, 
Proverbs says, faithful are the wounds of a friend. That if a friend loves you, sometimes they tell you the truth when it hurts. Have you ever had somebody speak into your life and even though it stung really bad in the moment, you look back and you say, thank you. Thank you for being my friend and telling me I'm crazy. I mean, at least us women hopefully have a friend like that, even if it's our husbands. Um, Thank you for helping me see it from that perspective because I never thought of it that way. The Bible talks about speaking the truth in love. We have to have both to help people. Some people are so committed to love that they won't be honest. And that's not what being a friend is. Some people are so committed to the truth that they're cruel. And what they say is so harsh and so offensive that we, we just can't even receive what they're telling us, even if they're right. Because truth and love have to be present. And here's the good news. God is both. God is the spirit of truth and God is love. And so when we seek to honor him in our relationships, both of those things should be and can be present, and they're not in conflict with each other. The fourth quality is dedication. Those who care to commit is what the doctor said in the book. So four qualities. I want to say them one more time, and I just want you to take some time to reflect personally on how you're doing in these areas. Loyalty. Are you a loyal friend? Are you a loyal person? Forgiveness. Is it hard for you to forgive people for whatever reason? Are you honest? Are you afraid to be honest? Are you so honest that you do more harm than good because you don't have love mixed in with the honesty? And the fourth, dedication. Are you dedicated to the people who you call your friend? I know it's an area that I could work on at this stage in my life. I kind of gave up on some things when I had kids, <laughs> like friendship, and that's really sad because clearly it is a prescription for good mental health, and I as a mom need to check, cash in on that prescription. I need some friend time because friendship is a powerful thing. Because it's God's idea from the very beginning. He created us with the need for connection with other people. So that we would have families. So that we would be a part of his church. And so no matter the different kinds of friendships and people that you are connected with through your work, through your routine, maybe where you live. We are called to live our lives in a way that reflects the fact that we are believers in every relationship that we have. We are trying. We are striving to be like Christ. And so tonight, as I try to bring this to a close, I just want to admonish us to not limit our reflection on the subject of friendship to be limited to what other people have done to us. That's the heart of what I feel to convey to you tonight. It is very easy with the topic of relationships, and this is something I've never thought of till I was studying and praying and preparing about this series. It is so easy 
with relationships to just come to the word of God or come to prayer and just go down the list of what's wrong with everybody else. That is so easy. It is completely natural. And yet the word of God gives us guidelines how we should act, how we should talk. Not not so that you can look in judgment at other people and say, this is where you're failing me. But the word of God is to pierce our hearts and to say, what am I doing wrong? The Bible talks about sowing and reaping. And sometimes in our relationships, we are expecting to reap things that we have not sown. Like loyalty. Like dedicated time. Like honesty. I want you to be honest with me, but oh God, if I have to be honest with you, I'll just break out in hives. I'm just being honest. See, I'm working on it. (laughs) Jesus is helping me because I'm trying to study this. But one of the most powerful statements that I've ever heard about relationships, I heard recently, and it is this. Expectations kill relationships. People will always fail you. And some of us were raised in homes or in an environment where we expect to be let down. And that's sad, but that's the reality of the way that we live our lives. It's the reality of of the ripple effect of our experiences. And so I feel to caution us in our spirits to say, we need to be careful the kind of expectations that we put on other people, especially when these four qualities we're not doing so hot at ourselves. The word of God says a friend loveth at all times. And I could look at that and say, well, see, she's not my friend. She hasn't been there for me. And really the word of God's trying to reach out to me and say, Kristen, have you been a constant present in that person's life? Have you made an effort? Does that person know that you're committed to that friendship? Does that person have a sense of your honesty and your loyalty? I feel like tonight the Lord would challenge us to reflect on how we do relationships. Not just assess what has been done to us. And exempt ourselves from the accountability of what the word of God says. And so I want to just ask you some questions to prayerfully consider. And I, and I give them to you humbly. I've been thinking about them all day and I've been miserable within myself. But are you a good friend? Do you love at all times? Do you sharpen those around you? Are they better people because they're your friend? Do you encourage them? Do you lift them up? Do I provoke the people around me to good works, to love? Do they have a sense of motivation after being around me to just be a better person? Am I a friend who makes myself available in tough times? And that's really hard in the world that we live in. And sometimes friendship is more than a heart emoji. Friendship is more than just a contact through social media, as helpful and meaningful as that can be. Sometimes friendship requires more effort than that. Can I rejoice with my friends 
when good things happen to them and not be envious and not question God, why them and not me? Because the Bible makes it clear we should not compare ourselves among ourselves. Am I doing a good job of weeping with those who weep and rejoicing with those who rejoice? And finally, am I friendly? Am I a friendly person in all the environments I find myself in? I think sometimes we can compartmentalize that part of our personality. Like, I don't have to be friendly in this situation. I have stuff to do. I have to whatever. I've, I've heard people in the context of the church become very bitter because nobody's friendly to them. And if the problem is always with other people, I humbly submit to you that maybe everyone else is not the problem. Maybe it's us. Maybe we need to broaden our circle of friends. Maybe we need to get to the other side of the church, as hard as that is, with only two minutes of greeting. And I'm still going to bring it up, but nobody listens to me, so I don't take myself seriously. Maybe we sign up for a life group. We put ourselves out there, and it's hard. It's hard to make yourself vulnerable and say, I want a friend. I need a friend. Stand with me, please. Tom reminded me while we were talking about this the other day. You know, men and women do friendships differently, right? And I was like, yes, I know that. Because when we got married, he wanted to have like 12 groomsmen. And I had like six friends that I felt really good about. And he was like, we like herds. We can run in herds. You guys can't do that. And I'm like, good good for you. I was like, I don't have 12 best friends. I'm sorry. I'm not doing that. So we compromised. I think we had eight. But that's beside the point. I acknowledge the fact that there are differences between how men and women do Friendships, But all of these verses apply to us in some measure as the children of God. Because Jesus said, by this, all men will know that you love me, that you belong to me, by the way you love each other, the way you treat each other. And I think it's worth noting that the three verses that we used that talk about friends come from Proverbs come from the book of wisdom because we need wisdom in our relationships. We can't assume that we are equipped through our upbringing, through our diploma from the School of Hard Knocks and relationships, or even our Pentecostal experience, that we are equipped to handle relationships and and we do it all right. We have our instincts and we're good. No, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit is our teacher, That's where the word comforter means, not just to bring you comfort, but to be a coach to you, to be a mentor and a help to you. And so I understand that, you know, we haven't even scratched the surface of family or friendship or any of that, but hopefully we've brought the word of God to you in a way that makes you reflective and hopefully puts a hunger in you to do things better because God wants that from all of us. The truth makes us free. 
Not just free from sin, but free to do the right thing. Free to change. Free to be better people. And so, you know, whatever you feel like would disqualify you from having a maybe a healthy family or good friendships in your life, I just want to encourage you that the Bible says that God gives grace to the humble. And if you can acknowledge that you have room to grow in some area of your life, maybe there is a friend that you just haven't been loyal to or you haven't been honest with in a situation and you know they, they're counting on you to be honest. Maybe there's a, a family relationship that you've just given up on. That if you can humble yourself before God and not point fingers and say, this is what the word of God says and they aren't doing it. So I'm not obligated to make it right or to make it right in my own heart between the Lord and I. That if we can humble ourselves and say, God, they may never ask for forgiveness. They may never acknowledge wrongdoing. They may never change. But God's word is a sword that can change us. A mirror that when we look into it and see our own reflection, not the reflection of other people, not to apply it as their need is, but to say, God, whatever part of my life that your word is not paramount, I'm not striving for it, or I'm not trying to grow I want you to call me out on it. I want you to help me to do it. Because I don't know about you, but everything that Jesus died to make possible for me and my family and the people that I have the opportunity to shine my light for Christ for, I want it. If Jesus suffered for it, then I want to have it. I want him to know that I need his help and that I'm counting on him because he is the spirit of truth and he is love. And that covers all the issues in our relationships. Do you pray with me? Jesus, I thank you for your word that is clear. It is not easy, but it is simple. You don't speak in vague terms concerning our relationship and the way that we treat other people. Your expectations are high because you paid a great price to make your love and your spirit available to us every day. And so, God, I pray that your word would find good ground in our hearts. Your word would find good ground in my heart. There are areas of my life, Lord, where I have got to try harder. I have got to grow in my walk with you. I have got to add to my faith. I've got to add to my knowledge. I have got to grow in grace. And so we humbly acknowledge to you that we need you. And so God, I pray that as you talk to us, as you give us specific things to work on, to pray about, maybe to study, maybe to seek counsel about, that we would be committed to doing the hard work so that people will look at our lives and say, they must believe in Jesus Christ because they have love for other people. Go with us and keep us safe the rest of the week. Help us to love each other better. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. 
consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.